Good morning. Joining me now from somewhere near Heartland, Minnesota, our good friend Al Bat. Hey, Al, how are things? You know, they're really, really good. I was just out walking around. The wild ginger yes. clings to the ground in shaded woodlands, and it's said to be deer-resistant, and I've never noticed deer eating it, but there's a number of things I've never noticed deer eating, and I don't know if probably more that they have eaten. But I, ginger is so cool. Unlike many of our early spring woodland plants, it keeps its foliage throughout the season. Yes. And it has these dark red flowers below the leaves, and they attract insects like ants to be its pollinators. And European settlers, a lot of our folks, used the root as a flavor substitute for the tropical ginger they had used. So I, I mowed the lawn. I use a push mower, and it shortens the vegetation and clears my mind. I did not mow the ginger. I have grass and I have clover. I enjoy clover, and so do the bees and butterflies. I've heard spring peepers peeping. That's yes, I have too. Do. They say that you can hear them a mile away, and I read a book, and I don't remember which book it was, that they could hear them two miles away. And I thought, wow. boy, they'd take a lot of them. Because these little guys, the males weigh about the same as two dimes. Oh, my. So the spring peeper is this tiny harbinger of spring. It's tan with a dark brown X-shaped mark on the back, and it has suction cup-like toe pads. And it can change its skin color for better camouflage. But the males are three-quarters of an inch long, the females inch and a half. And they sing when temperatures are above 40 degrees. And when I walk along and they start singing, it makes me feel as if I'd been wearing earplugs <laughs> the rest of the year and had just taken them out that moment because, boy, they can be deafening. Uh, raccoons have once again become the state speed bumps. Oh, but yes. uh, I came at the day with the wonder of a Labrador puppy. I saw a pair of yellow crowned night herons in Albert Lee, and it was a gee whiz moment. Uh, the birds made a good first impression. I contracted a birding face, a smile, and the charming birds were lifers for a good number of birders who traveled from here to there to see it. And these herons are wonders of the natural world, and well, they all are. Uh, Kenny Van Riper of Albert Lee, 79 bald eagles on Bear Lake, and that was uh, the end of March, right before ice out. Uh, Nick Rosen saw a cinnamon blue-winged teal hybrid on Albert Lee Lake. Susan Joseph Taylor of Minden, Nevada said, Al, you talked about uh, Cooper's hawks rarely using the same nest, and she sent me photos of Cooper's hawks nesting in the same nest in a mulberry tree for a second year. And this hawk typically builds a new nest each year, but occasionally reuses a nest or takes over a squirrel's nest. And I'm guessing in this case he just likes the good neighbors that Susan mm -hmm. uh, provides. Amy Colon uh, saw a greater yellow legs in Rice County at the Sibley Swale. Uh, Beth Reeve of Fairmont said this winter we've had a towhee at our backyard feeders. We we're wondering if this is an unusual bird for our area. As we have not seen one before this year, we think there is a pair but are not sure of the female sighting. Thank you for any information you can give us. Uh, oh, thanks, Beth. The eastern towhee is one of my favorites. It was named the Rufus sighted towhee until 1995, and my wife and I named a dog towhee because of that mm -hmm. bird. 
And when I was in a bo- when I was a boy, we saw more of them here, and I called it a ground robin, which doesn't make the most sense, but that's what we called it. It would be considered Beth uncommon in Fairmont, uh, but it does breed in Minnesota, mostly in the southeast and south central part of the state. Uh, Gerald Hoekstra saw 36 American avocets in Rice County. Kathy and Daryl Paulson of Geneva sent me a photo of a young great horned owl and an adult great horned owl. Steve Hudek saw a white-faced ibis in Mauer County. Gunnar Berg said great he's from Albert Lee, great horned owls uh, hooted him awake at 2.10 a.m. Oh, my. Uh, Carolina Wren was seen by Skyler Hepler in Blue Earth County. Uh, Brian Smith of Sleepy Eye talked to Brian the other day while we were had binoculars on birds. He said there's a large flock of white-faced ibis at the 320th Street wetland in Watnawan County, south of Medelia. Uh, he said Jim and Ruth Amundsen also saw them earlier in the morning, and Mike Ekin arrived later, and at one time he had estimated over 60 of the birds in flight. They hunker down the cattails so they can hide for extended periods. Michael Etkin also saw a short-billed dowager in Blue Earth County. Tom Bovers, a willet in Rice County. Darcy Syme had a hold of me. She's from Alden, saw an ibis near Alden. And Brad Abendross saw a willet and a white-faced ibis in Sibley County. So white-faced ibis is probably the bird of this day. Tim Scott uh, got an, an e- nice email uh, to him from Tim. said, my squirrels like apples and popcorn even more than the birds. I feed where I can see it happen. And that's part of the reason we feed, so we can watch them. I'm always in a state of feeder repair. I have many old <laughs> feeder parts I use to keep everything going and in repair. Uh, Tim, I'm right there with you. I'm in the same boat. And then duct tape is my tool of choice for repairing most of them. Uh, Tim says, I have grays, blacks, reds, and fox squirrels. I've counted as many as 18 squirrels around the house at one time. I have grays with orange tails, grays with white tails. The squirrels are the greatest acrobats to watch. Years ago, I had an argument with a neighbor about trapping squirrels. She stopped. When the squirrels stop eating, the birds come in. Spring is great for the return of the birds. I want as many as possible to visit me. I didn't feed birds one summer, and it took a long time to get them back. I feed more squirrels than birds. And uh, Tim uh, mentioned a a column in the Mankato Free Press, and I'm going to pull bits of that, I guess. Uh, somebody had written in saying I uh, had a friend who has a daughter in Florida who had told her, don't throw out bread to the birds. It expands in their stomachs and kills them. And, folks, I, I realize we've talked about this several times, but this was in the Ask Us Guy column, and which I really enjoy. I read it when even when I have no idea what he's talking about, <laughs> you know, some local government stuff I, I don't know. But I still, he he does a great job, and I appreciate him. And he looked at various websites, and he said he's not convinced that bread is immediately lethal to birds. And, uh, boy, I would uh, I would uh, confirm that, I guess, in what I've learned. He said in the longer term, however, it appears that bread is not a healthy food for birds because it provides empty calories. 
The Royal Society for the Protection of Birds out of Great Britain said all types of bread can be digested by birds, but ideally it should be just one component in a varied diet. Bread does not contain the necessary protein and fat birds need from their diet, and it can act as an empty filler. Although bread isn't harmful to birds, try not to offer it in large quantities since its nutritional value is low. A bird that is on a diet of predominantly bread can suffer from serious vitamin deficiencies or starve. I, and I, I quote the Royal Society there quite I would, often. I would say doing. that it's the fast food, like the McDonald's for birds, basically... It's probably very, very tasty. It fills them up, but like they say, there's nothing really good about it, so that's why you probably shouldn't do it. So I don't, maybe that's why. Yeah, and, um, you know, the U.K., of course, is uh, different from us in many ways and like us in many ways, but the Royal Society went on to note that some people's foods are okay for birds, listing as example baked potatoes oh. split open, I, I don't know how many birds eat baked potatoes. I've never fed one to them. <laughs> but you can put mild grated cheese and the fat from unsalted bacon out also. Really? Uh, oh. Yep. And uh, again, the Ask Us guy did some great writing on this. He said the Humane Society warns against feeding birds chocolate because it's toxic for birds. Who feeds and their I, birds always, chocolate is what I want to know. <laughs> it's uh, somebody got too many of those uh, chocolate rabbits for Easter, oh. I guess, and said, I don't know, what I, I can't eat all these, you know, I'm on a diet. I'll give them to the birds, that way nobody will know and they'll destroy the <laughs> evidence. I don't know that they eat them. You know, we we're always told not to feed dogs and pets chocolate because mm-hmm. it's just not good for them. And I think that was just an excuse for uh, for us to hang on to all the chocolate we got. <laughs> but. He said uh, also the human or the humane society said food sources we should stop feeding discontinue in the summer feeding birds according to the humane society which says food sources are abundant at that time and that many birds when feeding their young focus on insects that's very true and that's why they stop coming to feeders and empty bird feeders force young birds to learn to find food naturally, making them more self-sufficient. I, I don't. I think they learn, and they're taught naturally. And the Humane Society said there are two exceptions. And let me say that I'm a, a big supporter of the Humane Society. Always have been. But they say there are two exceptions. Food targeted at hummingbirds and goldfinches should continue because of the high metabolism of hummingbirds. And because goldfinches nest later than other birds, birds are, you know, I have to add that birds are better with their diets than we are. Uh, you know, we like to give them human characteristics, in which I, I'm fine with that because it helps us understand them. But they, uh, they just are better at eating what they need. Feeding birds in the summer can provide an abundance of surprising and interesting visitors. Bluebirds, thrashers, catbirds, orioles, grosbeaks, toys, woodpeckers, hummingbirds can all be attracted during the summer months. Fruits and jellies for robins, catbirds, cardinals, um, tanagers, and of course orioles. Um, cardinals will come to apple halves sometimes. Mealworms. 
so a lot of birds that don't usually visit feeders, such as bluebirds, robins, wrens, and some warblers come to mealworms, peanuts and millet, seeds, suet, sugar water. Why would it be okay for hummingbirds and goldfinches to feed them, but not an oriole? I don't think it does them any harm. But I await further scientific studies, which I have to say there hasn't been much uh, done there. I was going to ask you how you felt about that, because don't you feed the birds all year round? I I guess all year. And I want to admit that I just bought another feeder, one of those plastic ones with the suction cups, because my son has been doing his schoolwork in the sun porch. Now, unfortunately, I didn't realize this when I bought the feeder that all the screens are on the outside of the sun porch windows, so I couldn't stick them on the screen. So there's a door that's all glass. So I put it on the door, which isn't used very much. So is that acceptable to do? Sure. Otherwise, you'll have to move, you know, so (laughs) that has to be acceptable. Yeah, I, again, you know, I always go to scientific studies of uh, the various ornithology departments here and there, and I'm going to keep feeding them. I, I, the one thing I would recommend is that you clean the feeders mm-hmm. after a while with like a 10% household bleach and nine parts water, nine parts water, one part bleach, and try to remove as much spilled and contaminated feed from under the feeders as you can. And that's and also the uh, bird bath, give that a scrubbing too. I, I think you'll be fine then. I want to add this 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 um, feeder that I got is a three-in-one. So it's got the little tray so you can put seeds in, but then it's got this little thing on the side so you could put an orange, and then it's got this little cup so you could put jelly. I don't know if it's a good thing to put all three on at one time, though. I just put seeds in at this point. Do you think it would hurt to put those in, or what are your thoughts? It, it probably would not, but, uh, you know, Orioles are... They love jelly, and sometimes they eat it with such gusto that it goes other places. <laughs> oh. And I'm sure it would probably fall on the seeds somewhere, so you might end up with gummed-up seeds, which oh. probably wouldn't hurt anybody. But some of the birds might go, ew, I, I don't eat <laughs> jelly, so I'm not going to eat jelly on seeds. I have one of those feeders. Mine is uh, not doesn't include the seed part, so I, I put a couple orange. I can put a whole orange on there. There's two little pegs that I put those on and then down at the base is a great jelly feeder and it just works great uh, I I love seeing that I get scarlet tangiers oh. coming up right near my window and I probably well, I know I wouldn't get that if I did not have those feeders there so for wonderful things like that I, I think it's fine to feed during the summer and I'm willing to be proven wrong and I just uh, I love feeding them I love seeing those birds and I don't think we're doing them any harm. Is it too early oh. to put out oranges and and the jelly yet? Are they even around? I wasn't sure, so I didn't want to put anything out until I ask you. Yeah, I put mine out on Oriole Day, which some people call May Day. Oh. But it's Oriole Day to me, and I put them out on May 1st. And uh, some years, you know, if I see an Oriole before then, I'll uh, sneak it out and pretend I didn't do it and then still say I did it on May 1st. You know how we do. We just say, I don't remember putting that out till today. So if you see that, you can sure stick it out there. But otherwise, if I don't see any Orioles, I put it out there on May 1st, and very often they magically appear from Uh, out of nowhere. Al, I've never seen an Oriole in town, at our house here in town, only at the lake house, so maybe I shouldn't even bother, do you think? I'd bother. Oh, okay. I would, yeah. 
uh, it's like putting up a uh, for sale or for rent sign, I think. And then they'll come in and say, hey, this is okay. it's kind of a nice neighborhood here. Maybe we ought to think about this place. Oh, uh, the Hormel Nature Center in Austin on Friday, they uh, celebrated, they, well, they, I don't know how much celebrating they did, but they rescued their 300th raptor. Oh. And since the early 80s, the Nature Center has been keeeping track of raptor rescues from uh, Mauer County. They've limited to that. And Mark Coffey had alerted the Nature Center that he observed two baby great horned owls on the ground. So they went out, and uh, one was, uh, I believe, dead, but they got the other one, and they called the University of the Minnesota Raptor Center, and they were urged to return the owlets to the nest if possible. They put it there. The parents had been feeding it. They brought in a fresh rabbit and... Uh, they, I know they also work with a Dr. Michael Williams, who owns a veterinary medical hospital in Austin. And when he isn't uh, um, too busy, too booked up with other stuff, he does help them on occasion with raptors. But uh, I've had a couple calls about great horned owls on the ground, and I, you know, I just tell people pretty much to leave them alone unless there's uh, dogs or something in the yard that might uh, might bother them too much. And uh, if you can get them back into the nest, but I have found putting them back in the nest, they jump right out again. It just doesn't really work. And plus, you might get dive-bombed by mom, (laughs) too, because she doesn't know that you're up to good things. She might think you're a a desperado. So that is pretty cool that they got that. At a nice, uh, I get a lot of nice things from the Nye Center um, in Henderson. They have a scout merit badge workshop, so if uh, scouts would like to uh, do an insect study, they're having that on May 29th. They have youth naturalist series, uh, water, pond, and insects are the three they're having this year. The, they've had the water already, so they got a pond coming up May 11th. They have a plant sale May 17th through the 21st, and they have umpteen classes, maybe more than that. For adult learners, you can learn about mosses. Whoops, that's gone already. You can learn about fabulous ferns. That would be a wonderful thing. And uh, a new moon hike is coming up. There will be a summer solstice hike. This is at the Nice Center, folks, and it's just nicecenter.org if you want to find more information. I can't recommend that place highly enough. And it's, it's N-E-Y, great... so when you say Nye, it sounds yeah. like yeah, N-E-Y.com, right? Not Louie Nye. I think he was N-Y-E, the old <laughs> okay. guy. So, um, yeah, it's I, I knew Donnie and it's, who owned it at one time and uh, donated it, and it's just a wonderful, wonderful place. Um, somebody said, what's going on at the uh, Decorah Ness? Well, um, in January, the eagles court, and they get the nest ready. In February, the females lay eggs, pretty much. That's it, in Decorah. And then about 35 days later, the eggs hatch, and in April and May, viewers can watch eaglets grow. But there's been drama. There's always drama there. Um, in early 2021, uh, Mom, Decora, and the male confused everyone by seeming to abandon their webcam nest for a new location. Hmm. Then they returned for visits and occasional renovations. So they're still working on the nest. But in February, they became they began incubating eggs in the new nest out of view. 
So they're in a different nest, but very close. But they returned occasionally to drive other eagles away from the old nest. So they have a new nest, but they just don't want anybody in the old nest. It's their cabin. There is, <laughs> it's their cabin. Yeah, it is. <laughs> A second webcam focuses on a newer country nest, and they call that Decora North. And the original eagles were known as in that nest as Mr. and Mrs. North. <laughs> and they laid eggs on February 16th and 19th, and they hatched in March. So they got some pretty good size on them. So, so did they move the uh, camera to the new nest then, or will they, do you think? Yeah, probably next year, I would guess oh. they would try. It's just too late now because they don't want to disturb disrupt the nesting of those two. But it's, yeah, there's been, you know, all kinds of drama at those nests through the year. Just, oh, they're just like a human family, <laughs> I guess. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff going on. They had another uh, eagle male that was trying to move in. And uh, oh. Oh, I, I wonder if they didn't have a raccoon get up there once. That might have been another nest. But they've had so many things going on there. So it, it's really neat. To, it's, I will warn you, it is addictive. I uh, also want to send out, I know they listen once in a while, a, um, a shout-out. I don't do enough shout-outs. I should do that. I'm doing a shout-out to the Switzer Ranch of Loop County, L-O-U-P, and it's been my pleasure to uh, oh, talk down there a few times and lead some folks around looking at birds and things. But they've been selected as the recipient of the 2021 Nebraska Leopold Converse Conservation Award. This prestigious award goes to those whose dedication to land, water, and wildlife habitat inspires others. Uh, Bruce and Sue Ann Switzer, along with their children, Sarah Sordom and Adam Switzer, own and operate Switzer Ranch. And the Switzers use fire and rotational grazing to create bird and wildlife habitat while improving water quality, soil health, and root systems in the environmentally sensitive sand hills. And besides, uh, they do custom grazing of beef, cattle on 12,000 acres all hobby farm, 12,000 acres, wow. of native prairie, and the family also operates a nature-based tourism business. It's called Calamus Outfitters. They offer lodging, river float trips, and eco-tours. Where, where uh, is Loop County? I've never heard of that. It's in the Sand Hills. It's near nothing. Uh, there's nothing any near it. There's tiny little towns. The county seat is, well, uh, I don't know, about like, I don't know if it's the size of Heartland. It's just a really, really small place. Is this in Minnesota but, uh, or? In Nebraska. Oh, this is in Nebraska. Okay, thanks for clarifying. Yeah, and I, I boy, I highly recommend this Calamus Outfitters. Uh, previously, Audubon, Nebraska designated the ranch as an important bird area because the ranch has greater prairie chicken and sharp-tailed grouse lex. So, boy, if you want to get out there sometime and look at all those birds, they'll take you out and sit you down in an old school bus and you'll get to see all these incredible things. I want to thank everybody for listening. I hope you're having, you know, just a superb day. Thanks for sitting on the porch with me. I had visited Chicago. And I'd mentioned I'd enjoyed my time there. Well, a sheriff that I know fairly well, he has family connections there, and he corrected me. He said, you've been there, but you don't know how to pronounce it. 
I know it's supposed to sound like Ohio. I thought I said Chicago, but I don't know what I made it sound like. Apparently not. And I wish I could correctly pronounce every place I've been to for work. I hear news and weather folks mispronounce Wasika, Otisco, Mankato, Oatana, and Shakopee. Especially Shakopee. <laughs> Faribault is correctly pronounced Faribault. Gaylord is Gaylord. I hear Gaylord all the time. In Iowa, Madrid is spelled like Madrid, but it's Madrid. Sigourney, like Sigourney Weaver, is Sigourney. What everybody says is Nevada is Nevada. And Des Moines, it's Des Moines. Not Des Moines or Des Moines. <laughs> Andrew Jackson said it's a damn poor mind that can think of only one way to spell a word. He could have said the same thing about pronouncing the city's name. Thanks, folks. Remember, Heartland is while we're driving past. Thanks for listening. You cannot go wrong listening to Karen Wright. Do something wild today. Get out there and look at a bird. Thank you, Karen, for your wonderful company. I, I appreciate you more than I could ever say. Al, thank you. We appreciate you very much. Have a happy rest of your week and happy bird watching. I will do that. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.